Hello, my name is Dr. Pamela, and this is The Joy Whisperer, where we explore the science and the practice of joy as a catalyst for our relationships, our resistance, our resilience, and our restoration. You may notice that we are in a very new location, and we are going to be bringing fresh new locations to you over the next few shows, so definitely stay tuned and get ready for a new look with new voices, a new setting and new interviews. So this is, I'm looking forward to this great new uh, era that we're moving into. Today's show, we are going to look at the dark side of joy. And a lot of times we only think about joy for the good feelings that it brings us. And believe it or not, even the dark side of joy brings us good feelings. But the question is whether or not those good feelings are rooted in a place of health and well-being or a place of negativity, resentment, loathing. So we're going to look at that from three different perspectives. So the three truths for this week, number one is that there are indeed positive and negative forms of joy. So we're going to look at what those are and how we can recognize them. Number two, gaslighting is rooted in a form of toxic joy. So of course we're going to be talking about toxic joy and we're going to be talking about gaslighting, which is that idea that if somebody is feeling um, neglected, abused, feeling not heard and they express that, the person who gaslights them will say, ah, your feelings are invalid, you're overreacting. That is a form of toxic joy because of the, of the, of the joy that people get out of that. And number three is we grow when we listen. And listening is essential and we're gonna talk about the different types of listening that lead to our growth. Grab a pen and let the joy whispering begin. Honey, what I think you need is a socket wrench. I played JV basketball. I'm sorry, I don't think it looks right. This is good and it's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. Today's theory to live by is Perry's theory of ethical and intellectual development. 
Now, the thing that makes this theory so incredibly applicable to what we see going on with dialogue today is that it takes us from a place of looking at things from our perspective only and growing to a place of understanding that there are indeed multiple perspectives that have value. So Perry's theory looks at three particular stages of intellectual development. And the first stage begins with dualism. And dualism is the idea that there is right or wrong, good or bad, black and white, and there is nothing in between. So my perspective, of course, is the correct perspective because it is what has been taught to me by the authority figures in my life, my parents, my pastor, my teachers. And that is where the understanding stops because I don't ask questions, I accept it as it is because that is how it came to me. And the moment that I start to be confronted with other points of view, I either land or stay, stick to my guns and stay with what I believe in, or I begin to ask questions and investigate a little further. When we start to ask questions, that brings us into the second phase, which is that of multiplicity. It means that I am willing to hear that there are probably other perspectives out there. Whether or not I'm ready to understand and listen to them, I understand that there are different points of view out there. And what that does is it puts me in a place of what's called cognitive dissonance, which means, wait a minute, that's very different from what I've been told. I don't know what to make of this. So we can either advance by asking questions and learning more and getting to know that perspective, or we can remain in our dualistic multiplicity perspective. Relativism says that I have a point of view and you have a point of view, and one is not necessarily better or more valid than the other, and that I can respect where we're coming from, from both perspectives. One of the things that we see in society with our politicians, our leaders, our debates around religious beliefs, is that we don't necessarily move to a place of relativism and we stay in a dualistic perspective, which we had as children. So we still see adults running the nation, running the country, running different um, corporations who are still very much set in a dualistic standpoint. So if we can move to relativism, we will hear each other better, we'll be more intellectual, and we'll be more likely to move forward into change. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. Unhealthy joy for me is everything versus me, allowing everything to win, not putting myself first, and people pleasing. Healthy joy is allowing me to self-love, self-appreciate, to grow, to live, to actually experience life. Truth number one, there are positive and negative forms of joy. Um, and in looking at these positive and negative forms, I have developed two different larger categories around what this may look like. So one is progressive joy and the other is regressive joy. And, and so if we look at these two, um, we can kind of see where the root of the joy is. What, what are, what's fueling this? Is it something that is based on well-being and positivity or is it based on more negative feelings? really is focused on, it promotes our well-being. And it can include two different elements, which is flourishing joy and compassionate joy. Now, the flourishing joy is the joy that is really about our well-being specifically. It's, it's more inward focused. What are the things that need to happen in order for us to feel 
um, well, for us to have the energy that we need to push through difficult times, for us to rejoice um, in our wins and the beautiful things that happen in life. That's the flourishing joy. But when we turn that, that progressive joy, that positive joy outward, then we are doing what's called compassionate joy. And I call it compassionate joy because we are now looking at the other, the experiences of other people, and we are rejoicing in those experiences. We are having compassion for those people's experiences. And so this is another form of progressive joy, both focused on wellness, one focused on our, in, our own internal wellness, and the second focused on the wellness of others. Now, when we look at regressive joy, regressive joy is actually the type of joy that hinders our well-being. And it, it really is rooted in a place of negativity. And one is toxic joy. And we've heard a lot of toxic this and that thrown around, um, but it is a really great fit for the idea here, for what we're talking about in terms of toxic joy. And then the second one is actually malicious joy. So in the same sense, one focuses on the self and what's going on on the inside of ourselves, and the other focuses on what's going on with other people. So the toxic joy is the type of joy that is um, negatively um, and inwardly focused. And so I may have, like, how can you possibly have a negative form of joy towards yourself? So I may enjoy some sort of um, toxic behavior. Um, maybe I am addicted to something, a substance that doesn't necessarily serve me well. Now, there are certain things that you can indulge in that feel good, that don't necessarily serve you well, and you can do that in small doses. But when it gets to a point where you are out of control and you no longer have a sense of, of stability um, within your life because you are addicted to these behaviors or these substances, we can talk about drugs, we can talk about um, indiscriminate sex, we can talk about a lot of different um, damaging behaviors that seem to bring us joy, but are actually quite toxic. So that's what I mean by toxic joy. And then the malicious joy is the type of joy that you get from other people's pain. Now, there is a German word for this, and it, if I pronounce it correctly, it's schadenfreude. And the idea is that it is literally the translation for joy in somebody else's pain. So what I've taken is that, that term and looked at, how about we look at this from the lens of a malicious joy? Because what that means is that I may be a part of creating the pain in that person's life. I may have some resentment towards somebody. I may be committed to some sort of revenge and making sure that they do not succeed. And as I see them fail or not progress or struggle, there is a level of joy that I might feel in that experience. That is what I'm calling malicious joy. And so the question remains, is this indeed joy? Are these regressive forms of joy actually joy? They actually are. But they're not the kind of joy that feeds into our wellness or the wellness of others. The progressive joy is the kind of joy that feeds into our wellness and the wellness of others. And we need to recognize when we are engaging in progressive versus regressive joy. So keep that in mind. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up.
you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. It's an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. If you love them enough to drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. is a thing. Now, I know we don't like to think about this a lot, but if we just look at the course of humanity and all of the cases throughout history in which people have actually found joy in creating pain and hardship in other people, look at world leaders who have incited war on innocent people, um, look at all of the different forms of imprisonment that have been done unjustly. Um, look at the ways that people have been oppressed social, socially, economically, financially, educationally, and the level of joy that people actually get when they succeed in these endeavors. And a lot of it has to do with feeling threatened and not wanting to lose their own sense of power. And so in doing that, they try to render other people powerless. And so it is important for us to understand that malicious joy, it doesn't always just happen in the extreme. It also happens in everyday situations. It happens in marriages. Um, it happens when a couple is really just determined to one-up the other in conversation, in behavior, in actions, um, when they want to prove something to each other. We see this happen in the workplace um, where a colleague is at odds with another and they are competing with the other. And if the other person fails, they're finding joy in that. Um, and from a malicious standpoint, actually being the catalyst for that person's demise, that person's failure, um, is a form of malicious joy. So we see this happen all the time. 
And we get a sense of satisfaction if we are engaging in malicious joy from these types of behaviors. And we may not pay attention to it because we're not oppressing other countries. We're not inciting war. Um, we are just engaging with other people in ways that are actually rooted in the negative. So I want you to think about that. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Hankins. I'm an adult psychiatrist, emotional freedom techniques practitioner, and coach for physicians and high performers. When considering this concept of malicious joy, as Dr. Pamela Larde describes it, this joy that stems from and thrives in the pain, the harm, or the hurt of others, I would argue that in most instances where we might see that, it is typically coming from a place of deep emotional wounding or childhood trauma. And as such is a is a learned response. It's almost a survival response that that uh, that's based in needing or seeking uh, a sense of of fulfilling the needs of safety, security feeling loved. Those are real needs that we have as children. And when we don't receive that from our caregivers, our parents, that that there will be a way of fulfilling that need um, as, as children, because we adapt, we adapt to our environment and we find the ways, we adapt our behaviors to, to get those needs met. And if the behavior then became one in which, oh, okay, I received love if I am seen as more valuable than someone else. I receive love and, and I feel safe if, if someone, if it, in, in terms of competition, if, if I'm better than that person or, or um, I get the accolades, I'm seen as perfect, I'm, I have value in the eyes of my caregiver, then that person is going to love me, protect me, and keep me safe. So that then translates into adult behaviors where this sense of malicious joy, because we can't feel joy or pleasure. Uh, well, we could feel pleasure, but we can't feel joy if we are, are feeling unsafe or we're not feeling loved. And so with as adults, we are continuing these behaviors unless we become aware of them and shift them. So this malicious joy is an externally driven and externally derived uh, sense of joy and therefore is not an authentic, in my opinion, joy because authentic joy is internally sourced, internally driven, and is not dependent upon others or, or your environment. It is something that is a deep knowing, a very felt sense, and something that is experienced in a whole body way. It is a full expression of joy, whereas malicious joy is a false expression or a facade of joy at best. And, and it's fleeting um, because it will always only come from uh, sourcing your joy externally. There is power in joy, and this week's power here is the release of Letters to the Brokenhearted, my book, 
in Audible. So it is now an audio book that you can listen to. So for those of you who have been waiting out getting the Audible book, the audio book, please go check it out on audible.com. So if you're going to go on a long road trip or you're cleaning the house and you want to have something great to listen to, something that can inspire you, something that can heal some of the hurts, check out Letters to the Brokenhearted on Audible. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers, precise, no margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet breaking, record breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous, a high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. And for the love of STEM, dare bigger. Dare to code. Dare to invent. Dare to explore. Dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes, sorry. Color coding listings, ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20 mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunting. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. What brings me joy? Um, joy, uh, not to sound cliche, but uh, waking up in the morning uh, with nothing hurting, <laughs> uh, being able to see the promise of a new day, uh, dawn, uh, seeing the sunset, uh, long walks on cool days, Seeing a smile on people's faces uh, when they receive good news, being the bearer of good news, uh, success, uh, and what that means, everybody's different. Uh, but uh, seeing people's success, uh, and, um, yeah, just happiness. Welcome back to the Joy Whisperer. So, just to dive a little bit more into this idea of toxic joy, I want to bring forth gaslighting. Now we hear, hear the term all the time and, and sometimes it's probably overused. There's a lot of terms out there that people are sort of becoming numb to because they feel like they hear it too much. But I want to make sure we understand what gaslighting is. What It really is this, um, this idea that I am not going to honor whatever feelings of hurt that you may have. So if somebody comes to you and says that, you know, something that you said really hurt my feelings, and your response is, you're overreacting, 
you know I didn't mean it that way. You know it was just a joke. Instead of drawing closer and saying, tell me more, if we're talking about racism and we're saying that black lives matter and sometimes that all lives matter, it's not because they truly believe that all lives matter. They are saying this as a way to discount our need to be seen and to be heard as we say that black lives matter and so that is a form of gaslighting that's a form of saying what you believe doesn't matter your hurt doesn't matter and so a lot of people actually get joy out of this you know kind of behavior in being able to say that no you know um i made them feel small because what they said didn't matter to me Better ways to respond to this might be about getting curious, asking about the hurt, being willing to listen, and putting your own feelings aside, your defensive feelings aside, to hear what they have to say. Now, I'm going to have a conversation with Coach Heather Thompson, and we're going to dive into this idea of what it means to leave an impressionable imprint. Now, we've heard the term digital imprint and the footprints that we leave um, you know, in the social media world, in the digital world. But what does it mean to leave more of a qualitative imprint on other people with the platforms that we have, um, with our social media accounts then in which we engage with a wide audience? Some of us have larger audiences than others, but we all have the opportunity to leave an impression on other people. Hello there, Coach Heather Thompson. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited about this topic. Yeah, I'm so glad that you joined me. I often see your posts that are really about challenging people to to live their lives with integrity, honesty. And I, I just truly appreciate the way that you have, you know, sort of influenced your own, um, you know, circle of people, you know, that surround you. And Thank you. It, it often doesn't matter how many people, you know, some of us may have, you know, 150 people on our social media and others may have, you know, 600,000. And so either way, we're making an impression. But before we dive into this conversation, can mm -hmm. you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what your focus is as a coach? Um, I am a Clarity Life coach, an author and a writer and speaker as well. Um, my audience is primarily um, women of color who are faith-based, who genuinely want to live their best lives, but they're determined to do that without compromising their authenticity or their integrity. And I love the circle that I have around me, encouraging me to do that. And even the women and men as well, who are just reaching out and letting me know that I'm helping them, even with the things that I question, is this making an impact? So that's why I'm so excited about what we're going to talk today, talk about today and why I really love what I do. I, I love it. You know, is what you're doing making an impact? And unfortunately, there are people who do indeed make an impact, but it's not necessarily in a way that's life-giving. Um, and as we've seen, there have been several influential people, whether they are social media um, influencers or they are world leaders um, or local politicians who have really used their platforms to cause pain and harm upon other people. It's so easy to do that these days. I think people don't realize just how hurt they are and they're bringing that to social media. Um, there are some people who would probably question, well, why do you say they're hurt? If I speak to you and every time I speak to you, it's coming from a place of, well, I'm just being honest. I'm just being brutally honest. The thing about honesty is that it's always brutal yeah. because the truth has a way of cutting us, 
as well as healing us. But if I have to take a verbal sword and stab you with what I'm saying, if I have to take a picture and put it up just so that I'm, you know, saying, oh, look at this person, look at that. I don't want to use my platform. I don't want other people to use their platform to mock. What is the point? Many people feel bad enough as it is. And then on top of that, don't want to seek help for it all the time because there's a issues of pride or issues of, well, this is just how things are. This isn't a big deal. Your mentality is a huge deal. And the idea of bringing your vitriol, really, because there's just too much of it being spewed these days, onto social media and saying just because you have a certain amount of money, you have a certain amount of followers, that this is, it's okay, that it's permissible because your net worth in, is really uh, the most, the biggest part of your influence. That to me is just sad. And sometimes it gets sick. So I think we really need to think about why are we following people that give us that kind of impression that have that kind of influence over us. And we also want to make sure that what we're doing is not causing more harm than good. Um, there's enough harm in the world. I have to be on the news and figure that out very quickly. Oh, yeah. So I, it, it, and lately, it just seems absolutely overwhelming. And as a whole, I think people are becoming unfeeling and they're becoming numb to that. So even bringing that to their attention is just like, well, what are you talking about? But um, I'm thankful for those who are still sensitive and who will still receive the message that, you know what, there's better ways for me to be out here in this digital world. Um, make sure that I'm bringing my authentic self to these various platforms because it's not worth trying to uphold the lie. I love what you said. And there's a couple of things that you said in the beginning that really resonate. Um, this whole idea of people coming to social media and approaching their platforms from a place of hurt, really. Um, and it's something that you know, often we don't want to recognize. I, I use the, the phrase that, you know, it's ble you're bleeding all over everyone. Um, and mm. people don't really want to recognize that, but um, that's indeed what's happening. And then what I'm also seeing is that people are clinging to that hurt because it's familiar to them. And so it's that whole idea of trauma bonding, you know, and so I want the brutal um, honesty. I want the the thing that hurts because that makes me feel something. And the only way that I'll take action is if I feel what I'm accustomed to, not if I feel joy or if I feel, you know, because that's scary. How long is that going to last? And so I, I, I really appreciate that perspective because there is a lot of this sort of attachment um, based on, you know, uh, trauma, um, you know, for one of those. So, so one of my questions for you also is what, how do we recognize that an, a, a form of honesty is harmful? You know, this whole idea of brutal honesty, I'm just telling you, how do you know that, you know, this probably isn't the most healthy type of delivery for me to be taking in on a regular basis? I think that's a great question. I think one of the ways for you to tell and this, this requires, I guess, a bit of introspection, a little bit of inner work, is whether or not when you're speaking to someone, if you know you're speaking to them brutally, are they able to come back to you for any sort of follow-up? Mm -hmm. Are they able to continue the people that you speak to, the people that you interact with, whether it's on a very personal level or almost a surface level, are they able to say anything else to you? If you can see their face when they're talking to you, can you just tell that you created a damaging moment within them? Can you tell that you've knocked them down without helping them be able to stand up 
when people are coming to you for the truth, they're coming to you with their vulnerability. And vulnerability requires exposure on a, on a very personal level that we just don't like anymore. Because think about it, we can filter our faces for people who don't even know us when we post on social media. So if someone's giving you raw conversation and you're meeting them with verbal switchblades, why? And you can easily tell that you're doing this type of thing, maybe more frequently or easily, I should say, than you might have in the past. Pay attention to your entertainment. Pay attention. Uh, for example, in our society now, it has become so normal for um, the for you to just snap back or someone to just come back at someone a clap back, as we like to yes. say. Mm-hmm. And it's it's applauded. Like, oh yes, you just hit them where it hurt. Yes, girl, you did that. But did you really? Yeah, you did that. But is it something worth applauding? Yeah. Is it something worth celebrating? We seem to have these, you know, these verbal parade for people who decide to annihilate others with their words. And that it's, if you want that, go to a stage play. Don't (laughs) let that be your conversation. That's, we are using other people's damage and their willingness to damage others as entertainment. That to me is frightening. You know, it's interesting because I see this when, when you look at Will and Jada, for example, and the level of I know. (laughs) And the level of satisfaction people get from any sort of demise that Jada may experience and the the level of, and so you're, you're absolutely on point when you're saying this has become sort of the tone of our society. If those people that we have all been told we're not supposed to like, you know, have a, a, a diminishing moment or a downfall of some sort, then it's celebrated in such a toxic way. And, you know, what is going on there? That, I think that's a multi-layered answer. And I think that depending on who you ask, they're going to say something different. I think that there are, uh, within our communities, I think there are people who just don't even understand. I am so unhappy that when I see someone else who is doing better than me, whether it's financially, relationally, physically, in terms of their health, whatever, if I don't think they should have what they have, then when they fall, it's like, yes, you're a little more average, just like me. You are, your lifestyle is it can be fodder for my conversation. You know, I haven't had contact with the friends I like to have contact with or at work, so I can't have that water cooler time. I don't have the, you know, the, the lounge or the club or the whatever to visit people with. So being able to talk with others online, being able to come up with something that I can craft where all these wordsmiths and these the real IG is internet gangsters these days. That's how I feel about it. These, you know, half thugs when it comes to the keyboards because you can say whatever you want. So, and hide behind that. Um, I think that we find comfort in other people's discomfort or even their rage or their downfall because we just don't want to admit how unhappy we are. And that for me is, I know I've said it already, but it's frightening. And um, we see it all the time in, in real life when people get married and there's someone standing there who's like, this should be my opportunity, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or when someone gets a new job, gets to go back to school, whatever, there's this criticism corner rather than a hallelujah corner. 
And it's just like, well, she could have done this differently. He didn't have to do this like this. Well, nobody asked you. And how about I just ask you, how are you? And if the answer is not good, what do you want to do to fix that? Can I help you? It's just become all too much. It really has. Yeah, it really has. Let's let's talk a little bit about how we use our platforms in ways that create lasting legacies. So recently, um, you know, there a relationship expert um, passed away who used his platform to really just, um, you know, in a lot of opinions of women and other and supportive men, um, in in ways that diminished women um, for how they looked, for how valuable they were or were not. Um, he passed away. The headlines were more about his controversy than the lasting impression that he made through his platform in a way that um, was positive and productive. Now, of course, positive and productive can be looked at in a number of different ways, and there are people that will argue that his indeed was. However, when your passing is covered with so much controversy, and we can probably say that the same thing would happen with other, you know, leaders out there, other politicians, world leaders that are causing harm on other people. They leave a legacy that says that person caused pain and harm on other people. And if that's something that you're okay with because I was brutally honest, then I would encourage you to examine yourself personally But I am curious to know, what does it mean to leave an impression on people that's actually transformative and positive? Um, And how can one come to the point of of doing that? When when the negative stuff gets so much publicity, so much likes, so much attention, um, and, and I've had friends who are trying to build their platform say, yeah, but nobody's listening to this stuff with integrity. That's boring to them. I have to create, I have to stir things up a bit. Thinking of what you're talking about, every conversation that we have with someone, every kind gesture, every time that you took, not in a a detrimental way, but you took time away to say, let me help this person and coming from a genuine place, not doing it begrudgingly, Mm -hmm. that is writing your legacy. We, every single day, are writing the sentences, the pages, the chapters of our book that will be told when this life is over. And I think that so much of what we do, for, and I'm speaking to the, gen, the masses, I'm not speaking just to those who are like, well, how do I, how would I become more seen? All of us, when we do things from a place of genuineness, we do them from a place of how can I actually give to this space rather than take away and take glory out of it for me. When you're doing that, you have the opportunity to create healing. I, I think too many people are in a place where they're using their power in a way that creates an influence. And it has what I call a Killmonger effect for those who are familiar with um, Eric Killmonger from Black Panther, who in the movie was played by Michael B. Jordan. Um, People were very impressed by Killmonger after the film was over. And I'll, I'll get back to the positive, I promise. They were impressed by Killmonger because one, you found out he was very educated. You found out that he had you know, traveled the world. He was deeply in pursuit of his goals. And also he said that he was very committed to his people. And people loved the quote at the end about bearing me in the ocean with my ancestors, you know, et cetera. Um, They loved what he had to say, but they were overlooking what he was killing 
what he was doing in order to get there. If you have to leave a trail of people in your wake, now we're talking verbally speaking, of course, you know, versus, versus literally, if you have to leave a trail of people in your wake who've been damaged by what you've done and said and even thought and let out loud, that is not it. And sometimes we're so impressed by stature that we forget what about what about caring anymore? What about the fact that this person is a mother, a father? Raising our children, the conversations that we have with friends, everything, when we focus more on, you know what? I have an opportunity to build you up. And what I do to build you up can actually have a generational effect. That to me is impactful. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and... And it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. An amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. Which is phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. Thank you. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. So the question has been given to me, how do I express my joy? And being a photographer, I express my joy through my lens. Um, when I see an amazing subject, when I see an amazing picture and we capture those subjects or pictures, um, and then we present it to the client and then they smile. Some of them even cry. That's joy to me, joy to me. This week's whisper in my ear, is it wrong to celebrate the fall of someone who has caused pain on someone else? 
That's a very interesting question because we have all had bosses or bullies or world leaders or public figures who have made it their mission to create misery in the lives of others. And when they fall, they are essentially creating relief for those people that they oppress. So first and foremost, where is that joy and that celebration rooted? Is it coming from a place that says, yes, I wanted that person who created suffering in other places and other people to suffer themselves? If that's where it's coming from, then that is really kind of going in the direction of a regressive type of joy. It really is about the spirit of the celebration and where it's coming from um, and where it's directed. And so thinking about those things, we it's, it's so important for us to examine ourselves, to consider the source of the emotion. Now, it is perfectly okay, in my opinion, to have emotions of relief, to have emotions that are absolutely authentic to what you're feeling. Um, if, if there was a level of pain that you directly experienced from the fall of that particular leader, I, you absolutely should have a space to express that. But when it starts getting into the realm of celebrating their pain and celebrating their um, demise and, and the things that um, bring them uh, down, then we take a risk, and it's a slippery slope, but we take a risk of reveling in somebody else's pain and, and giving into that regressive joy. This does not contribute to well-being. Try to think of ways to allow that joy that you experience to come from a place of compassion. If I love you, I can't lie to you. Of course you can lie to me, and you will. If you love me and you're going off with Maddie someplace, you're lying to me. Because what the hell do I care about the truth? I care if you're there. Let Billie Holiday say, hush now, don't explain. All right, I accept that. Of course. All of right, course you lie to me, that. and I don't even want to care. What, what does the truth matter? And why are you going to be truthful with me when you lie to everybody else? You lied when you smiled at down the job, right? Lie to me, smile. Treat me the same way you would treat him. I can't treat you. You must. Treat him. You must. Because I've caught the I've caught the frowns and the anger. He's happy with you. Of course he doesn't know you're unhappy. You grin at him all day long. You come home and I catch hell because I love you. I get least of you. I get I get the very minimum. And I'm saying, you know, fake it with me. Is that too much of the black woman to ask of the black man? For ten years, so that we can get a child on his feet that says, Yeah, father smiled at mother. He talked to me about school today. Who cares that you can read or can't read? Most Americans can't read. Most people can't read. They look at the pictures. Baby, baby, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying, and I, I don't disagree, but no, I'm going to be honest and think about it, really. I'm not so sure that that is a human possibility. If I have to smile, all day. And the cat on the job, the foreman. You don't understand why I'm smiling. Mm -hmm. I want to smile, I'm smiling because that baby needs new shoes. 
I can't give a performance all day in the job and come home and give a performance all, all night in the house. Okay, so one of the performances will stop. Yes. So you say, and okay, I might be willing to go with it, but who's going to pay the rent? The rent will get paid. Look, baby, I'm willing to play it your way, but you have to see my point of view. I see your point of view, but the rent will have to I'm get sm- paid. The price of the rent is my smile. No, no, no. I don't want you prostituting yourself. I demand. I don't want you prostituting yourself either. One of us has got to work. You, you'll work it, you will work it out because you are intelligent enough and you are sensitive enough. You are a man enough to work out a new system because it, we started off with everybody's protest now and we're back there again. As long as the assumptions are the same, nothing will change. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college. So I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. them enough to drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Throw that ball, Diane. Woo! You got this! It was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, It allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I I don't really think I could have asked for much more. Thank you. In this world of virtual communication, virtual interaction, social media, conference calling, it has really dwindled away or chipped away at our listening skills. And so when we think about it, one of the most profound ways that we build listening skills is by asking questions. 
And our question asking skills are pretty bad. <laughs> we don't ask questions because we are busy or we are used to the time being abbreviated. So for example, when we are on a Zoom call and this might be work related, sometimes we don't even have our cameras on. And if we do have our cameras on, that human to human interaction is just profoundly different than it would be face to face. And what we're seeing is the decline in listening skills and the decline in communication as a result. So if you think about all of the different ways that we communicate virtually and how we integrate genuine question asking in that process, we might identify that, you know, we really don't do that the way we used to. So even when we do ask questions, the answers tend to be just sort of these mechanical, politically correct answers. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, let's get to business. So now we have just minimized the possibility of creating a human connection because our priority has been how do we get this quick pleasantry out the way so that we can engage in whatever else we're supposed to be doing. So if you think about it, how do you give genuine answers when people ask how you're doing? If you're not truly doing great, it's okay to say, you know, I've had better days. And if we are really connecting with each other, the person may dig a little bit deeper and say, oh, wow, I'm sorry to hear that. How's the day going? And it gives you an opportunity to engage a bit further. And so this is what I am challenging you all to do throughout the next week is not just settle for I'm fine when somebody asks how you're doing. Um, and if you ask how somebody else is doing, be willing to dig a little bit deeper. So if they say, I'm good, ask, well, are you really good? I mean, is that your real answer or is that your politically correct answer? And be willing to give yourself a few minutes to answer that question. This week's gift to myself is a return to the gym. So after two years off, two solid years off uh, from the gym, I decided to venture my way back there. Now I've been exercising at home. I even bought a treadmill. I'd been walking, doing jumping jacks, jump roping, all of that. But lately, my life has been a bit hectic and I've found that finding the motivation to do those solo types of exercises have been a bit more challenging lately. So I've decided to find my motivation by doing some group workouts. So I have joined two classes, yoga and cycling, and I do this every other day. So one day is yoga, the next day is cycling, and I just alternate days and it has been phenomenal for my mindset, my well-being, my body, and I am loving the return to the gym. So while I was doing really good by myself, I am absolutely seeing the value of going to the gym, of working out with other people, of being a part of a solid fitness community. So that is my gift to myself, and I encourage you, if there is a way to connect with a fitness community. It doesn't even have to be a gym. It could be a park where people meet up and do yoga, or it could be a running group. Whatever it is, finding the motivation with other people can be a real key to your fitness success. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first, 
But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. This was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Joy Whisperer. Join us every Thursday from 12 to 1 on the Roku channel. Also join me on my social media pages on LinkedIn and Instagram at Whispering Joy. And remember, joy is the catalyst for our resistance, our resilience, our restoration, and our relationships. SSN TV, television, all the way up.